recording audio. Okay. And video. Okay. And normally, that's the lesson I learned off when I off of our first podcast was I turn the radio off because when my phone rings, it doesn't matter if it's on silent, it's going to make the ringtone. But Spike on, on. Yep. That's what we're calling it. 
This is the this is Christmas week, Monday of Christmas week. Merry uh, Christmas. It's the last, probably our last hunt. Well, it's definitely our last hunt in 2015. Unless we find opportunity to sit in the backyard. But, uh. Yeah, this will be fun. This one's in North Texas. It's kind of halfway between Abilene and Fort Worth. For y'all that know the area, I do not. story about that area. Well, Cleburne, which is close-ish. read a story about that one town from the old west. But, uh, oh, damn it. I'm blanking on his name. Doby, my favorite writer. You know, just a senior moment. J. Frank Doby is my favorite writer. And he has a, this book called Cow People that, uh, it's just a collection, like most of his books are just collection. His whole thing was that he, his contribution to literature is that he attempted to write down instead of about, you know what that means? So yeah, so he just tried to tell the story. If it was one he made up, it was one he heard, whatever, he just tried to get the story down and not put his opinion on it. And Cow People is just a collection of stories from people who grew up in the cowboy era. The real actual legitimate. A lot of more trail drovers and stuff like that. You know, like one guy he talked to was a trail drover when he was a kid. But by the time he knew him, he was just like a land groundskeeper at Oklahoma State University. It's kind of neat, you know. Like, that's how... He was teaching in the uh, 30s, maybe. I, I'm probably wrong with it. Cheap. But now at the University of Texas, like there's the Dolby Mall, there's a Dolby Writing Fellowship. Like, he's big poncho. Well, yeah, his name was big at University of Texas. Anyway, so the story, and all of these had the same level of dryness, kind of stoicism you attribute to old cowboys. And this story was no different. Uh, it was just old cowboys talking to... They were in Fort Worth. This cowboy when he was younger. And the outfit he was with. They were on their way back from a trail drive. And so they were heavy on money, but light on stock, is the general situation when you're coming back from a trail drive, as you might imagine. And one of the guys, I can't remember if it was a guy in the group or just a passerby, got a hold of his money, this guy's money pouch, and disappeared. He got wind that the guy was headed to Cleburne, which even then meant you head south from Fort Worth and all of a sudden return to the west. And Cleburne's on the way out, kind of the direction that we're headed right now. Uh, like if you go through Cleburne and keep going west, you'll hook up with stuff we're headed towards. And, uh, and the extent of the story was the cowboy said, I caught him and I showed back up in Fort Worth with my money. No details needed. That was the whole story. That's one of my favorite stories I've ever read. Speaking of books, young sir, research materials out. Oh, yes. You want to start talking? Well, what my young padre is going to give you all a full-on book review. Um, and I'm going to try to talk him through it best I can. 
Why Elvis Presley? I don't know. I think it would be fun to go fishing with Elvis. But, but anytime you, that conversation gets brought up, Theodore Roosevelt should be one of the people that you consider answering. And we, I remember first time I asked him was what three people, living or dead. Who did you choose? Oh, back to him. I was younger than you. Probably Mr. Rogers was one of them. Who's Mr. Rogers? What? Oh, yeah, get out of the truck. I'm not going in 75 miles an hour, but get out. <laughs> no. I'll be laying on your teeth. Um, Mr. Roger, you did a show on PBS. I think it came on like half right after Sesame Street or something. It's just this kind of squirrely dude that was very knowledgeable about a lot of stuff. show where he teaches jump and it was a cool thing, whatever. Science, a little bit sciencey sometimes, a lot of spelling and math, I guess. But then he also, like, half the show was this fantasy land of puppets in his own backyard. It's like this little trolley thing would go by on the trolley. It's like a model-sized trolley, you know. And when the trolley came by, you know you're about to go into whatever fantasy world. There's a name for the fantasy world. I can't remember it. I'm very old. It was a cool show. But that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, that's, what, that's one of the things I watched as a kid. And so that may have been one of my answers. But if you were to answer that right now, so three people living or dead that you'd want to go fishing with, who would they be? Elvis Presley, Theodore Roosevelt. I'm going to help you with the last one because you'd feel bad at the Opie. There you go. If you got through all three and realize you forgot it. I know that's definitely on yours and my shortest. Number one, you know. But, yeah, and then someone would normally say, well, it can't be anybody just in your family or famous people. You know, because you want everybody in the conversation you're currently having to be able to enjoy it. So, if I was to say that, Just in general. Well, 
love the cool thing about Chris Pratt. What else could you talk to him about? What interest does he share that you share? Or that you have? Huh? Movies? Hunting? Yeah. Clothes? Bonehead. I didn't know that. Yes, you did. Remember I showed you that video and I'm giving the TMZ reporter antelope jerky. I thought the antelope dude gave The whole point of that video was he was coming back from a big hunting trip. Really? Wow. I was confused. You're such a smart kid. You're a dumb little boxer. Shit. <laughs> What's that? That is uh, like feed, right? Or corn or whatever that didn't get sold. Mm. I thought it was the thing. I don't know. I don't know what they do with it all. They ferment it under the tarp. And I always hear, well, they use it for axes. Why? Honestly, I don't know. Oh, I tell all of you. What? Oh, cool. Chevy mine is just wide ass like side mirrors. It's like trailer mirrors, but it's all jacked up. I don't know if they're going to haul trailer wheels to a truck. There's on a truck. Um, there's God dang it. Windmills everywhere. Yeah, they are. That's a new design. See how the blades are kind of curved yeah. backwards? The ones... Dude, I used to see them hauling blades for the blades were straight. Mm. Alright, so what do you know about Lord Texas, my friend? That's another, so it's Christmas, it's the end of the season. And it's going to be our warmest time, probably. Yeah. That's, and it's the furthest north. Yeah. Stupid. That was strange. There's like one black horse and a sheep yeah. in our All right, we, need to, we can't just talk about stuff that's on the side of the road. Because the camera cannot see it. Remember back in the day when we talked about things like that? No. I have no idea. I mean, I know we're on the right path, but I don't know what detail is. It's... Don't normally expect... And this is me talking about crap that's on the side of the road. This it's... Karen can't see, but you don't expect to see a huge apartment complex in the middle of nowhere. Huge apartment complex, please. It's Comanche. I'm Comanche, all right. I don't know if I'm, I've been through Comanche before. I can't remember. Excuse me, why? What do they have such big apartments? Just like in Comanche, just Maybe be like. Maybe a college here? It's brand new, too. It's weird. Maybe they got like a flood of people like in Liberty Hill. everything I had on the docket that you want to talk about before. I told you to research Palapinto Mountains. Obviously, you are a horrible human being. Well, I haven't been at my phone much. I've been outside playing with my sisters. Well, you are full of all of the shit. Yeah, I am. I actually haven't been on my phone much lately. Well, you're on Christmas break. I took off. This is a Monday, as I said earlier. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Town. So, I would say any of y'all that want to visit Comanche, Texas. It's got some cool stuff. Yeah. Um, I'll play. Yeah, I know. I'm having trouble breathing right now. I, I just got over being sick, so I'm 
oxygen utilization is an issue or procuration. Okay, so Palapinto Mountains. Um, I I know it's small. I know there's only like three units, I guess. Because from what? Because all right, so the the guy that runs the show up here called me last Tuesday or Wednesday. No, it would have been Wednesday or Thursday because I was sick on Tuesday. He, uh, to see if we were still coming. Because he's got a bunch of people calling him about standby positions. Wait, and then he's, and I didn't know how many people, how many hunting slots were here or what. And he said there's only three groups of hunters. And the way he said it, I took that to mean there's only three wildlife units. You don't want snot rags. And uh, yeah, something like that. And uh, so that's kind of interesting, you know. And it sounds like it hadn't been hunted in a really long time, other than a couple of hunts they're running this year. I don't know how many they were in. It's kind of neat going to a place that hadn't been a whole lot of people on, or at least in a while, stuff like that. Yeah. You would think up here there'd be some decent sized deer, but I really don't. In all blessed honesty. So, alright, I guess uh, that's the first part of this particular podcast because um well is it no upset? Yeah. Because somebody didn't do the research. You you need to I mean that's just you you gotta get in the habit of researching the places you're going to hunt. It's true. The part that falls kinda in your favor for this discussion is there's no way for us to know. All I know is it's a, there's a lake called like Tucker Lake on the property, and I know it's around there somewhere, but I don't know where around there. It's, you know, we're going to the Strong Courthouse or whatever. And yeah, I don't know. Um, so. There's not a lot of research you could do and know what you what you run into. So alright, I'm gonna call it the end. Alright, here we go with the second half of what is this episode four of Huntex Tour Fall 15. Woo! Gotta turn off the lights! The lights, the lights. Um, Alright, so we are on our way home from the Palo Pinto Mountains, which is a pretty cool place, actually. Amazing place. Um, <coughs> real pretty countryside, real nice people. Uh, eat at Mary's, right? That's what it's called, Mary. You can't nod. Yes. Alright, even remember, there's yeah, we're recording video, but hey, it's dark, and even if it wasn't dark, there's going to be a lot of people that only were listening to the audio, alright? Okay. okay. By a lot of people, I mean, percentage of the people that listen to this at all. Okay. So, we got in there yesterday morning, right before cutoff time, and ended up being the only people that showed up. It's kind of odd, right? Yep. And uh, turned out it was the very first hunt that they have had, had had or going to have, will have, will have had, 
Um, what have been having in this fish? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm very tired right now. I'm We're both very tired. We're going to try to make this snappy and quick and informative, though. Yes. Um, without Santa was on a lawnmower. What? There is a Santa on a lawnmower. Santa on a lawnmower. Oh, yeah. A lot of cool Christmas decorations. So, uh, the talk to the biologist, talk to the uh, head ranger, peace officer. Okay. He had several titles and seemed very capable in all of them. But he's the guy that runs the show as far as day to day operations of the Palpit Mountains Wildlife Management Area. Which, so just a little bit of quick background after talking to them. Uh, the state of Texas, well, Texas Parks and Wildlife bought that land from uh, private ownership in 2011. In 2012, started implementing plans like you do when you're a wildlife conservation, uh, state level wildlife conservation and management organization. Uh, what that means, I have no idea. One of the things they did was hire this, or assign the area to this guy, uh, John. I'm not going to throw his last name out there. It's probably not a bad thing because he's a good guy, but just in case, you never know what the they're pretty. P-R-I-D-D-Y Texas. <coughs> um, middle of the night on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. So, it's, I guess the entire chunk of land, from what he was saying, is, but, and so in fall 2015 is actually the first time they've let people come on there and hunt. Uh, the guys that run it, They've taken hogs, and I'm yeah. I didn't ask them, but I'm guessing they've hunted deer there too. But that's not really. So we would have been the first like civilians, you know. And I guess we did something. The we probably you probably are the first civilian to do. Uh, but we'll talk about that. In a So they, since we're the only people that show up, showed up, since we were the only people that showed up, golly, having trouble with my English and my brain functioning correctly, we got to pick up the units. Uh, they only have three units carved out right now. They have really nice plastic uh, deer blinds set up. They have feeders set up. It's just like hunting. Uh, and you're not allowed to get out of it, which is kind of fine, because, I mean, it's the end of the season. I'm tired. I'm old. I didn't want to do a lot of humping around. Me too. So, it worked. I mean, humping around is fun, definitely. But, it's honestly, tired. I don't, I think we would have spooked all the deer and everything if we would have been walking around. And so, that's the thing. So, this place has gone four years without being legitimately hunted. <coughs> and so, obviously that means the whitetail population doesn't know what being hunted feels like. And we saw a lot of evidence of that, actually. So we go one, two, three, we tour all the units, we end up choosing unit one, and it's, oh, I don't think we ranged it. It's not 100 yards. It's not, I'm saying it's closer to 50 yards than 100, the feeder. Yeah. So it's, you know, pretty good. What one might call a chip shot. Oh, that's a lot of blood on the highway. Uh, in the 
world of hunting with rifles, which is what I was looking for. I like chip shots. I'm a big fan of easy, especially when you got a novice shooter like my young compadre. And uh, so what was it, 2 30 or something? I think we we're in the blind by 2 30. No, because we went to eat. Yeah. Uh, no, 2.30 sounds right. We were there by at least 2.30. Sitting in the blind. Feeder goes off at 4.30 p.m. and 7 o'clock a.m. And you want to talk about what we saw on day one? Minus the big finisher. We'll save that till the end of the story. Okay. Talk about everything else. We saw uh, this little tiny little thing, button buck maybe, or a small doe, and... What makes us think it might be a button buck? It was, it was a weird, short-looking deer that proportionally was wrong. It looked, by all intents and, for all intents and purposes, it was a doe. If, it would have been counted as an antlerless if you were to kill it, but... Do you remember what made us think it might be actually a buck? The way it was walking. Yeah, its behavior. And then like you pointed out, the neck thickness, which accounted for what I was calling proportional oddity when we first saw her slash him. But yeah, it's not like we went over there and lifted up her skirt to check for wavelengths. Okay, so saw that, and that was not, that's, well, <coughs> you remember that deer's behavior that was the first thing when we were like, oh yeah, I remember how inexperienced these deer are with humans. What did she do when the feeder went off? She ran in. Ran into ground zero. Didn't graze in, didn't feed him casually, didn't sniff the air. She sprinted from cover to feeder, and we talked for a long time about shooting her because you had two tags, you could have shot two deer, right? Right. And you decided not to, and I. She wasn't very big, or he wasn't very big, whatever. I mean, young, either way, young, very young. Not more than a yearling, but not. No one would look at this deer and say that's a mature deer. Okay, unless it had dwarfism, dwarf deer. And then what happened next? I'm, uh, there was a big six-point buck, and it came in. Man, anybody would be proud to kill this deer. It'll be better next year, so it's at kind of that tipping point. Mm -hmm. But, yep. why couldn't we kill it? Because it was only spike or antlerless. Yeah, that was the rules of this hunt. Like the most times we've been on this year. Wasn't it all of them? And how long... I mean, he, it was 20, 30 minutes he was standing in front of us, just asking to be shot. Yeah. I mean, perfect. Sun, the light was at the perfect <sighs> level. I mean, any other day, man, <laughs> that's a dead deer. He was on our property. Yeah. He was under the... Right. He wasn't under the feeder, but he was, he was actually closer than the feeder. Yeah. He was at like probably, 20 yards at one yeah, point. Yeah, at one point he was. But, and he never smelled us that I could tell uh, which the wind was going in direction. Let's see, he was south of us. The, uh, I guess let's throw that out there real quick. The blind is facing south. The feeder is south of the blind. Which is really, I got a picture of it on wilderness law 
Facebook page and Instagram, blah, whatever, of a shot just out of the deer blind. It looks kind of like the cool the searcher's shot where John Wayne's in the doorway. And it's just what they call the Palapinto Mountains, which only in Texas it is called mountains. Although in West Texas they have legit mountains. And these ain't them. But these are tall rock structures. Yeah. And that's, I guess, the difference. Because in the hell, the Texas Hill Country has mesas and stuff that are that size. But they're made out of limestone. They're not made out of legit rock. Like these are. Yeah. I wanted to ask the dude what they're made out of, but I forgot. Okay. So that's the end of day one, and we're driving back at the end of day two. Something else happened on day one, but we're going to come back to it, because it's the fun finisher. Alright, you want to real quick go through how the day went? Okay. The, in the beginning, the little witch Maduki came back. Dorf. Dwarf deer. Dwarf deer came back. A uh, buck? Uh, I only saw it and saw it from behind, but judging from the size, you know. Yeah. <coughs> and, uh. Dwarf deer came out. Yep. First thing this morning. It walked around. It was annoying. We looked over to our left, and we saw a spike. No. truck and went 
and black pretty much. Yep, signed out. I'm gonna try. So this is dark, obviously, for anybody watching the video. I'm going to try to cut in some images. Ah, like fun little stuff, like the picture I was talking with out of the blind. And uh, we took a picture of the log board Texas Parks and Wildlife guy. He has this uh, whiteboard where you write down what you saw, what you killed, what you did, blah, blah, blah. Right? <coughs> well, and it's also like a status board. So, like, if you on these hunts, you gotta let the people running it know whether or not you are in the blind or not. Whether or not you're in the blind or not. Yeah, let me just say the same thing. Inside the same sounds. Um, because they don't, you know, if it's one o'clock in the morning and you still are logging as being in the blind, something's wrong. You're probably hurt and they're going to start looking for you. And, uh, but yeah, so I took a picture of that. So I'll probably I'll try to cut that in there. stuff like that, those are, um, that's what this podcast is for and about, right? Right. And this, I guess, now what do they call it, a teachable moment happened, and I'm not saying I handled it 100% right, I don't know, maybe, I'm sure a lot of people would disagree with how I pressured moment? Um, Did you feel pressured? Yeah. And so at first, did you want to shoot the hog? No. And why didn't you want to shoot the hog? I was just thinking it's the first day and like it's getting dark and I didn't want it to like me be on it when it gets dark and I pull the trigger and make a bad shot or I don't know. Um, I just don't know. Really. Well, I mean, it's the doubts. The kind of doubt. Um, the kind of doubts that come with a situation like that. People call it buck fever. People, you know, whatever. Hog fever. Understood, but I had to vehemently disagree with you on the shooting of this hog because you, you, the reason you gave me was you didn't want it to mess up 
the deer hunt. But, do you remember why I told you that was not a valid reason to not shoot him? Because hogs mess up deer habitat. Hogs do mess up deer habitat. I do think that's the one that finally won you over. But also, it's the end of the day. It was about to be too dark to shoot anyway. So you're not messing up your hunt. If you could have killed the six-pointer, then yeah, it'd be dumb to shoot the hog. But you can't. And no does coming up there with a hog that size. I mean, it was easy. it was by a huge margin. Exponentially the biggest hog I've ever seen in my life. I haven't seen that many hogs, but this was a monster. And I shot, and he went down, we went over there. I shot him again in the throat, and that was kind of cool. Well, hold on. Because you're, if you're saying that, you're going to make it sound like I'm a your monster. first shot wasn't... No, no, no. Your first shot wasn't good enough. He was down. You had killed him. Yeah. He just hadn't realized it yet. Yeah. And, like, the extra bullets we put into him were really more for security and trying to get him to expire as quickly as possible so we could get to doing the work of cleaning this pickup truck of an animal. <laughs> so, how many rounds? So, shot one, you did fine. Shot two was an ace, and he's still breathing. Shot two went up through his throat and out the top of his head and he's still breathing so much so that like burn material and like blood splatter are spewing out of his neck bullet holes <coughs> um cause it punctured his trachea I, I guess I don't know it was like it was Sad, except I don't think he was suffering all that much. I know that's probably what you're worried about, Tristan. Um, but I think he was gone by that point. It's just his lungs kept going. So, yeah, your first shot, you were going for the lungs, but you were a little bit high and a little bit back. So it took out some of the, it went through a little bitty piece of the back strap, mostly through the ribs. Probably did crease his spine. That's why the back legs stopped working. But he was down. Yeah. And then we decided, so we didn't want to gut him under the feeder. But yeah. uh, he was heavy. <laughs> Holy crap, he was heavy. I like him. People aren't gonna believe me if I say he's a 200-pound hog. I can show them the skull. They're still not gonna. And I'm not saying he's definitely 200 pounds. I'm saying he's closer to 200 pounds than 150. And here's part of why I'm saying it. If you were to lay down on the ground, gravel, sandpaper, whatever, I'm just talking about physical ability, I could drag you around the yard all damn day. I couldn't budge this goddamn hog one inch you did actually I maybe an inch that's it you did it because he was slippery in blood what what are you talking about when he was like in that little pool yeah you moved his head oh I moved his head yeah slightly slightly yeah and then he freaked a little bit yeah he was it's, all it's his nervous system yeah but We put a lot of bullets in him. Well, yeah, we're past it. Yeah, you put a couple in him, a couple extras, and I put several from uh, hollow point, nine millimeters, or pistol in him. 
And he's, his lungs are still just trucking along, so whatever. We decided we're going to tie a rope around him and drag him. Tie a rope, rope around his hind legs, and it was like trying to pull a brick wall. The rope broke. There were, yeah, the first rope broke. We had to get a thicker rope. Luckily, I had a thicker rope that I just impulse bought a couple of weeks ago <laughs> and thrown in the truck randomly. And uh, so, end up driving the truck up to the feeder, backing the truck up to the feeder, tying Piggly <laughs> to the bumper and dragging him. I guess really we drug him about a mile. Yeah. Maybe more. Uh, I didn't map it out. And I was more worried about the rope breaking than anything, so I wasn't watching the gauge. And so we got him to the side of the road. Got him to where we wanted to gut him. Started the work of gutting him. And we got halfway done with gutting. And it was just not where Like it smelled rough. We found where your first bullet went in and it kind of punctured the intestines. And we're like, yeah, that's not. So we decided we were just going to do a poacher clean where we just take the back straps. <laughs> Even that took a ton of time, but we got that done. And then we took the head off. And had the head in the bed of the truck. And just the head. I woke up this morning thinking, I'm going to look at that head in the daylight and think, oh, it's not that big. But no, that's a monster. So, good job, buddy. Didn't get to get a deer. Would have been awesome. Would have been the first deer taken off of a brand new wildlife management area since it came into state hands. Uh, which I don't. Did you realize that you could have would have got a plaque for that? And I'm saying you made the right call. I'm glad you made the call. You did. Because I know you're aware of some of the little prestige kind of things that would have gone along with that. But I don't know if you understood what those guys were saying about that awards thing. Did you understand it? No, not really. So if you would have killed a deer, you would have been the first person to kill a deer off this place as WMA. And they would have sent in your name. And it was also my first deer. Well, yeah, and your first deer. And they would have sent in your name to the Texas Wildlife Association, and in the spring, they have some big dinner, and you would have gotten a plaque. That's cool. Saying, yeah, but obviously that's not the reason to kill a deer. Yeah. The only deer you ever had legit had a chance. Well, the only two. The only one that was le that was legal. It was tiny. Was the deer and like I say many reasons to not kill the deer so proud of you for making that call I think it would be cool to go back there one day and see the deer with like a giant rack but his legs are like that big <laughs> just cause that weird genetics got yeah. <coughs> excuse me thrown in the mix alright <coughs> so that's everything that happened this weekend it was fun yeah. How how do you feel about shooting your first hollow? Great, I guess. Kind of sad, but great. What? I mean, just, I don't know why I feel sad. No, I know. That's not what I'm meaning. I know you feel sad. That's part of it. We've talked about that. What do you say? When you kill a deer? You remember? Yeah. You'll remember and you're probably thinking of it and just thinking I'm talking about something else. Um, if you if you kill a deer and say that you don't feel sorry for it, you're one of two things. Remember? No. You're either a liar or you're crazy. Oh yeah, I remember that. Right? If you don't feel a little bit bad for it, then that's that figures into 
respect for the life that even though this hog was and your family could eat. Even though this hog was probably a butthole in life. Right, I mean, it's a hog. Hogs need to go. They're pests. And for anybody listening who's like, uh, really, you just took the back straps instead of eating the whole thing? Screw you. It's a hog. You, nine, you know, nine out of ten hogs that get taken just get left for dead because they're pests. There's yep. no rules for waste of game. They're not considered a game animal. People like to talk like they are, but they are not. You they can kill a million. Them. Yeah, they just have, they're like a damn... Rat. Yeah, rat that happens to taste pretty decent. A rat made out of bacon. Mew. Bacon rat. This guy may taste terrible. I don't know. He may be dog food. Yeah. I do want to weigh the head just to get idea. Anyway, alright, so that's what happened on the thing. You want to talk more about killing your hog? I'd like you to just tell kind of your takeaway. (coughs) It was a great experience, I guess. And... Well, you regret it. I don't regret it. Uh, So you're glad I twisted your arm and talked to you into it. Yeah. And what would you do different if you had to do it over again? Lower and closer to the head. Yeah. You know what? There's more I would have a 17. Yeah, for a hog. Yeah, I get it. I go with it. Yeah, we need to do more range time yep. between now and next season. We also saw a lot of turkey. We did, yeah. Randomly, on the way to lunch today, we saw about 20 jigs. Moving together. Okay, so, that's everything for Palpito Mountain Wildlife Management Area. Sorry it's short, but we are all exhausted. Dude, we still have more to do. Yeah, I know you want me to turn it off because you want to fall asleep. But no, remember, we need to, I want to talk about the season. Oh, yeah. Just real quick recap. You tell me highlights of the season, your favorite parts of the season, and not-so-favorite parts. Can I just say my not-so-favorite part first? Yeah, you can do whatever. Chaparral. Yeah, I don't ever want to go there again, except maybe for quail. Right. Highlights. Falling in the water in East Texas. Falling in the water. Remember? When we were, the first day when we were walking back? No, when we, uh, were, uh, right before, like, pools, or, like, drawing. Getting oh, wrong. wow, yeah. You're in moods that are too big for you and somehow manage to get ditch water all inside your rain boots. I'm kind of glad there wasn't a snake in there. Oh, yeah. Because the water was really deep. I only thought, it, I thought it wasn't deep at all. But it was like, it went up to here on me. Where is here? Like, here. No, same. Oh, this is like, a podcast. to my ribs, oh, not all the way up, but like my one, two, twee, twee, Above rib. your beer, beer belly? Above my belly button. To the northern hemisphere of your beer belly. <laughs> um, alright. What else? Um, killing a hog. Yeah. Seeing that six point. James Daughtry in general. James Daughtry was really cool. The Ocelot. Yeah. Bobcat. Bobcat. That was really nice. That really nice family. 